This is an ABC podcast. How's your love life going right now? Has it been a while since you last had sex? Maybe you've been in and out of lockdowns, which has literally obliterated dating. Or maybe your libido's dropped because of medication, stress, or there's lots going on at work or at home. Going through a dry spell can be a great chance to pause and take some time to focus on yourself and a bunch of other things. But sometimes, especially when it's been a long time, it can feel pretty shit and your self-esteem can take a bit of a hit. And it can be even harder if you're in a relationship and not having sex because sometimes you can end up feeling really frustrated and resentful and the elephant in the room just gets so big. It's hard to even bring it up and make those first moves. So what's the best way to deal with this? I'm Dee Salmon, filling in for Nat Tenchich, and in this episode, whether you're single or coupled up, we're going to find out how to cope if you're going through a dry spell. So on our Instagram at Triple J The Hookup, we do a lot of polls and we ask you a lot of questions about different topics. And uh, recently we asked you about how your love lives were going right now. So obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, but nearly 80% of you said that you were going through a dry spell. And we got lots of DMs about it as well. Uh, One of those people who got in touch with us on our Instagram was Julian. Pre-pandemic, Julian reckons he was a pretty steady dater, was going out heaps, meeting up with people, but since the pandemic, his love life has been pretty quote-unquote dry. I moved back home just before lockdown, the first one in Sydney. Uh, I just found that I couldn't find the need to go on dates because obviously it was just like not encouraged to socialise with other people, especially people you don't really know, um, and especially swap saliva with each other. But uh, then it sort of became a thing of just like, I just found that, because obviously the only way to date right now is to do like virtual means. And I just don't feel like that's enough to connect. And obviously a big part of dating, and at least to me, is the intimacy element. And I don't know, I just found that even, even even with dating profiles, I just didn't have the social energy to even like try to connect with someone during this time period. So how long has it been for you since you last had sex? Uh, I think January. Okay. Yeah, I think January or maybe Mardi Gras. And so how are you feeling about that? Like, it's very much a mantra of it is what it is, you know, like, I don't really know. I mean, I think the the more pressing thing is I don't really know what I'm next going to have sex rather than like the fact that I haven't had sex since maybe January, March sucks. But the fact of the matter is I might not be able to have it for another like three, four months, if not longer. I know. (laughs) I feel like we all just need to let out like a collective sigh. Um, and like, how does that make you feel about yourself? Yeah. Um, not super great. I mean, I definitely have tried to use this time period in lockdown to explore things that I like just with myself and to sort of like pleasure myself a bit more. I mean, it, do- it is weird to do that when you live at home because, you know, I live in, in a household environment where my mom might just walk in to tell me something. So it's a little bit awkward. Um, which I think adds to the pressure of having this dry spell is I don't really feel like I can like, you know, take a nude just casually, you know what I mean? Just like small things like that. And those are obviously like the tiny ways that I can still keep in touch with someone or like have some form of a flirty banter. Um, Yeah, I know. And sometimes that stuff is crucial, right? Like to just be like, hey, I'm a sexual being. Like I'm still hot even if I'm not having sex. 
Um, what do you think about how society deems dry spells in general? I think there is this pressure to have sex so much. And especially as someone who's in their 20s, there's this expectation that you're supposed to be, I guess, having sex and having this like lustrous sexual experience and sexual lifestyle that because of the pandemic, it kind of has made this pressure more exasperated. And like, I mean, for someone in my 20s, I feel like the pandemic has taken a lot of my 20s and my quote unquote youth away. And part of that is the freedom like part of that is the fact that it's taken away this time period that I'm supposed to be sexually exploring myself. I would say that it's it's hard. I think, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's an expectation that you should always be having sex or be in a sort of loose relationship with someone. And if you're not, if you're in a dry spell, you must be miserable and depressed. Like there must be something wrong with you. I would like to give a shout out to voice memos as a concept. They've been the one thing during this pandemic, especially this current lockdown, that I've not just even used them with friends. It's how I've started to connect with other people in the dating world. So like, there are some people that I, will, I was loosely interested in that we've just been sending voice memos to each other over Instagram and I've started to develop a rapport. And it's like, even though I haven't seen them in person um, and haven't really sort of talked about things in a very sexual manner, I still feel like I have this relationship with them in a weird way, which has definitely helped, but it hasn't helped the dry spell. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with Julian on that one. Sending voice memos can definitely make you feel a bit more connected to people. Okay, so if you can totally relate to how Julian's feeling and you're going through a dry spell yourself or, you know, maybe you're not able to date and have sex and it's really getting you down, what can you do to cope? Well, sexologist Lauren White says before you rush to buy another expensive vibrator, the first thing you need to do is figure out exactly how you're feeling. I feel like in the segment with you and Julian, you tapped into this idea of pressure that you should be having sex. But what if when you sat there and thought about it, you actually identified and owned how you felt about it without any input from anyone else or any notion of what you should be doing because you're at this certain stage of your life and to actually See, but how do I feel about it? Okay, I'm in a dry spell. How do I actually feel about it? For some people, they're going to be relieved in a way that they don't have a different set of pressures going on. Other people are going to feel disappointed. Some people are going to feel frustrated. Another thing I just wanted to point out is it's really interesting. Listen to the language of it. It's like you're either all wet having sex or you're in a dry spell therefore not. And this, there's this language that's still around in sex that's really black and white and really absolute. Yeah, like Julian was saying before, there can be a lot of pressure when you're young and just starting to date and hook up with people to be having sex. And if you're not, it's a bit like, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me. So Lauren says the language around quote unquote dry spells needs to change. What should we call it? <laughs> Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> hiatus. Maybe it's a bit of a hiatus. Quiet. Yeah. Or quiet. I would say quiet. quiet period. Oh, what I, yeah. What I like about the word quiet and another word I'll introduce is pause is it doesn't mean stop. It doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean 
without. It doesn't mean lack. It's, I mean, anything that triggers off that sense of lack is going to have us feeling fearful as humans because we're hardwired for abundance and to, you know, have what everyone else is having and to belong. So I would introduce those words. Quiet, I really like because it's, it's like there's a volume control. And for this, you know, period in time, the volume's going down a little bit and that's okay. It's, a natural response to a very overwhelmed nervous system that's in survival mode for your libido and your interest in sex to go quiet so it can prioritize just staying alive and getting through whatever threats are right in front of it. Okay, now that we've changed the narrative around it and we're all just having a bit of quiet time, a bit of a break from sex, not a dry spell that's like a sad, wispy bit of tumbleweed blowing in the desert vibes, But even if reframing it in your head hasn't helped and you're still feeling really frustrated, what's the next step that you can take? Well, before we chat about the obvious, aka Mazzing, uh, Lauren says the important thing to do here is acknowledge your frustration. So if you genuinely feel frustration about this, the sooner you recognize that feeling and the sooner you release that feeling because frustration is a pressure valve and it usually augments um, and evolves into into really undesirable feelings like anger and bitterness and resentment, which are incredibly unsexy and incredibly unhelpful to fueling your libido. So if you get onto frustration early, you release it in any way that you can and release can happen through your journaling, it can happen through conversations with people, it can happen through uh, your body, it can happen through making sound in your body like authentic sound and even screaming. Anything that you get out is a good thing to take the frustration down and your sexual frustration might not always need sexual release. That's one of your options but I would be wanting to know what else can you do through your body, through your movement, through how you release and express yourself that can release some of your general frustration and to just to be curious about that before thinking, I'm frustrated about sex, therefore I need to have sex, therefore I need to self-pleasure. There might be, it might not be that straightforward. You might want to strip it back and um, experiment a little bit with other ways of getting out what's inside of you. Whether it's through journaling or deep breathing or screaming or exercising, now that you've released some of that frustration, Lauren says it's time to start finding ways to feel sexy again. The first tip I'm going to give is to start using the words turn on and to bring the words turn on into more of your life and to ask yourself over and over with everything in your life, your friendships, your work, your what you eat, what shows you watch, to ask, does this turn me on? And the reason why I bring this question into my work and my work with my clients is it's tapping into what it is that activates you and has you feeling alive. And sexual energy, when it's really healthy and consensual and feels amazing, has us feeling alive. And some of the ways that we can really access turn on is I really, really value 
intuitive movement like dance, like not dancing to dance the steps, but dancing in a way that feels really good with music that was really present at a time in your life where you did feel sexual, where you did feel sensual. That is an incredibly potent combination to tap into and remember that you are a libidinous sexual person when it feels like everything outside of you isn't really conducive to that. Of course, the really obvious way of dealing with a pause in your sex life is self-pleasure. But if you've gotten a bit over your masturbation routine or you're sick of using the same toys, Lauren reckons there's a few ways you can try and mix it up. My biggest tip first off, before I go into something more explicitly sexual, is... um, to start to be more playful where you can, like to really start to be more playful because sexual, being sexual is being playful and being having a sense of lightness about you and being in that state in your nervous system where you're not really, really high up in stress but you're not really, really down low um, about to go to sleep. You're kind of in the middle of those two states alert but feeling relaxed and you know ready for more so anything that you can do to be cheeky to be playful with yourself with your with your mates over text with your partner if you're living with them or even if you're not anything that you can do to be cheeky playful like kind of light and bring some humor in is going to be really good for priming you for self-pleasure. And when it comes to self-pleasure itself, one thing that you can do if you're noticing that you're using it as an outlet is to play around a little bit with not always taking it to orgasm. Like really just, you can definitely self-pleasure and just not taking it all the way and then trying again the next day and taking it all the way and just see if there's a difference in the quality of the release that you have. I'm a big fan of quality over quantity and if you can still be a sexual or sensual being and touch yourself and explore yourself but not always have it be this is my outlet for stress, you're going to have more satisfying self-pleasure you know self-pleasure experiences so that's my big tip is get playful and when you are actually self-pleasuring don't always take it all the way get curious all right so that's a bit of what you can do if you're single and in a similar situation to what julian's going through but what if you're in a relationship and you're not really having sex anymore It can be really tough, especially if one person's not really feeling it and the other is. You know, there's lots of emotions involved. Sometimes you can feel really rejected or hurt or resentful. And a lot of couples right now are in lockdown or living together and working from home. So it's also a really high pressure and stressful time. And when stuff like that happens, sometimes that means that you don't really feel like having sex. Uh, it's something that Emma from Sydney is dealing with right now with her partner. So currently we are in our eighth week of lockdown in Sydney. So it's a bit of a difficult situation. Very different to the last time where we felt as though there was some kind of an end in sight. And I think, you know, for me on a personal level, just feeling quite down and and quite lost um, without 
having any of that stability and structure that we tend to invite into our lives and lean on for some kind of stability. Even though the physical space is so small, I actually have been feeling a lot of uh, emotional distance between both of us. I feel like we're both dealing with this in very different ways. For him, he he very much is engulfed in his work and finds a lot of distraction in work. Whereas for me, I feel that a lot of what I identified with before this lockdown, which was connecting with friends, going out, traveling, I've lost a lot of that. So I have been quite obviously feeling down, almost, I would say, depressed. Um, and so on one hand, you've got myself who is depressed and and not really having anything to throw myself into whereas he is quite stressed but has something to throw his self into that's what I think is creating a bit more of the divide. Pre-pandemic our sex life was already quite low and I would say that the lockdown has only exacerbated that. Uh, we sort of went from you know maybe once a week to once every two weeks and now maybe once every six weeks and I feel like the longer that we go in between sleeping together the more distance and anxiety it does create for the next time like it's almost like there starts to become that added pressure that oh okay well we haven't done this for a long time and then it comes about it, it tends to become about okay well when are we going to do this without it coming naturally anymore now, as a woman, I tend to feel more aroused when I feel desired and having felt that that desire is not coming through, I started to sort of go down that rabbit hole of, you know, is there something wrong? Is it me? Am I you know, not attractive enough? You know, you just don't feel that desire. And then it, I don't think the communication was that great on my end. I sort of was would make sly jokes around how you know, I'm not getting any or things like that. And then uh, one day he just sort of came out and he said he honestly hasn't even been thinking about it with everything that's going on with work. It's not something that comes on his mind. And I even said to him, I said, do you even masturbate anymore? And he said, no. And so then I sort of started to think, okay, well, something is sort of going on for him as well and it's not necessarily about me. I, I just have just been feeling like I just almost this anxiety about instigating it because I am the type of person that really feeds off my partner's sexual energy. So when their sexual energy is not high, then I feel like, I almost feel like I don't have anything to work with. And when we did sleep together um, the last time, which was I think now about a month ago, I was very much in my head and that inhibited me having a good pleasurable time and so that's when I really started to reflect on okay well I am dealing with my own overthinking and depression brought on from this lockdown and that's inhibiting me his stress and things going on with work are inhibiting him and so we're both dealing with these these pressures and and sex is not something that is is one of the most important things to us right now but we can't just forget about that because you know sex is such a vital piece in a relationship yeah it definitely can be and for some people you know physical touch can make you feel really close to your partner it's a way to feel loved and feel connected especially if you're quite a sexual person like emma is so where do you even start if you're going through this right now 
Lauren's here to tell you. Uh, She says you have to acknowledge it straight away. Say, this is awkward. This has been challenging. This has been really fucking hard. Just this has been a struggle. Whatever is true for you, um, not speaking for both of you, but just speaking for yourself, it's an incredibly powerful place to start. You're starting on the note of what has been and what is right now. So it's very present. And yeah, it's it's way it's way more fruitful for the conversation to start in that place because it allows everyone to exhale. You don't you haven't started on the note of this is what you haven't done or you know, this is um, this is where you've gone wrong, or this is the way you should have done it. You, there's no blaming. It's an acknowledgement of what is, and then the other person can can feel more human and feel like, oh, okay, it's not just me. So that acknowledgement is you know, always is always where I would start it. That's the easiest place as well. What if you're in a situation like Emma where it's your partner's libido who's kind of dropped off more than yours has? Sometimes, especially if you've tried to instigate sex a few times and have been rejected, you can start to feel a bit hurt and resentful. If you're the person in the relationship that is feeling or senses that they're feeling more of the frustration of sex not happening in the way or with the same frequency, frequency that you would like or there's been changes lately step step into that eye that ownership when you start the conversation with your partner and just let them know how you're feeling and what you sense might have happened within yourself or maybe within the dynamic or maybe you know it's very easy to talk about the current circumstances as well if you're in lockdown and just ask the person who's seemingly less interested uh, in sex or has been less engaged, how you can meet them where they're at. Like what is it they need? A very powerful question never to be overlooked is what is it that you need right now? And you can use that question in the context of sex and intimacy so that that person has like a really open footing to express where they're at. And an analogy that I find helps a lot of people is when someone is hotter for sex and the other person is cooler for sex, it's easier for the person who's hotter to come down and meet the person who's feeling cooler than asking the person who's feeling cooler to just instantly get hot for sex. They usually need to go through a process of warming up feeling more intimacy, feeling more, feeling desired. There are some other needs that need to be met in order to prepare them and facilitate that opening for sex Mm. and through their bodies. Okay. So now that you've had the conversation and you've both spoken about how you're feeling, how do you actually make that first move? Because it can feel pretty scary, especially if it's been a while, you know, there can be a lot of anxiety around that first time getting intimate again. I definitely recommend the person that's less interested 
that they be encouraged to do the initiating of intimacy and now it might not be sexual and they can do that through one of three ways they can either do that with their words and like invite their partner in to be sexual like do you want to play do you want to do something together tonight like really something really suggestive and playful the other way that they can do that is through gestures and um, one of my clients years ago they had a candle and when she lit that candle they knew that um, sex was a possibility that night and I really liked that because then there's no words that need to be exchanged and the third way is through touch but touch can be really triggering for some people and not always the easiest place to start so the touch can start in a way that feels good for them and it might be more affectionate than sexual. It doesn't have to be crazy sex, right? Just keep it vanilla. <laughs> keep it vanilla. <laughs> vanilla, baby. Yes. Keep it so simple and so focused on pleasure. Just do do what's worked in the past. It might, if everyone's been in high stress, it's probably not the optimal time for learning new things. So subtract, keep it simple and talk about any internet purchases you want to make so that they don't put additional strain or pressure on things that might not be the time (laughs) to bring that brand new toy in. But at the end of the day, Lauren says the main thing that we all need to remember is that it is so normal to have periods in your relationship where you take a bit of a break from sex and it's something that everyone goes through. Quiet times, pauses in sex are going to happen in nearly all relationships. So they are so natural, they are so common, and it's really about how you choose to respond to it and how you choose to respond to it with maturity when you recognise that things have gone quiet and how you approach it from there with your partner and how you take action. I know this is going to sound super corny, but with nearly 80% of you telling us that you're not having sex right now, if you are feeling a bit shit about this, there's something really comforting in knowing that we're not alone in what we're going through. So I really hope that this episode has helped. And uh, a big thanks to Julian and Emma for being so open with sharing their stories. And of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. Let me know if you have a similar story or just any sex relationship or love dilemma that you need help with. Uh, you can also DM us on Instagram at Triple J The Hookup or shoot us an email at thehookup at abc.net.au. I'll catch you next time.